Welcome to the Mind Your Hormones podcast. My name's Corinne, and I'm a board-certified holistic nutritionist who went from no period from mismanaged PCOS to a regular one. Now, I'm obsessed with helping you get hormonally balanced and emotionally aligned. This podcast is all about education, empowerment, real talk, and simple strategies you could start today to find inner peace and overall well-being. I am so excited to be here with you to chat about all things health, hormones, and mindset. Are you ready? Let's get it. What's up? Welcome back to the show. Today, we are chatting all about gut health, and I am so excited about it because this is one of my favorite topics. It is the center of our health, of our hormones. I've experienced so many issues with digestive problems in the past, with bloating and constipation and IBS, and it is miserable if you are someone who is experiencing all of that. So I hear you. I've been there. Um, so we're chatting all about that today, but we're also going to talk about how our gut really affects our overall health and how it affects our hormones, how it's connected to our hormones. And then I'm going to give you some tips of foods and lifestyle things that you could do to that you could implement into your life to help nourish your gut, as well as things you can avoid to help uh, to prevent gut dysbiosis and inflammation in your gut. So let's get on the same page. Our gut absorbs nutrients, okay? So we're not just what we eat, we're what we absorb as well. So if we're unable to absorb nutrients, that's obviously a real problem just for our overall health and our immunity, but also because there are certain nutrients needed to produce certain hormones as well as break down and eliminate excess hormones that we don't need anymore. So our gut is responsible for absorbing nutrients. It's also the home of 60 to 70% of our immune system. It makes serotonin, which is a hormone that is responsible for our mood. So if you are someone that is experiencing anxiety and depression, there is a high chance that there's some gut issues going on in there because if we're not making enough serotonin due to gut inflammation or gut dysbiosis or leaky gut, which we'll get into, then it's going to lead to those mood symptoms. Um, our gut is also has, this is so wild, it has more bacteria than cells in our body which is crazy. So we're made up of more bacteria than cells. Some of that bacteria is good. Some of it is bad. It depends on if you are balanced or what how your gut health actually is. But those bacteria influence our mood, our weight, our inflammation levels, and of course, our overall health. So when your gut isn't functioning properly, some of the symptoms that you could pinpoint back to that, which a lot of people will not make that connection, like doctors might not you know, address this, but when it isn't functioning properly, you can experience anxiety, depression, headaches, joint pain, fatigue, difficulty gaining or losing weight, and of course, hormone imbalances. And the reason for that is because our gut is responsible for eliminating any excess hormones, mostly excess estrogen, that we don't need. And if our gut is impaired and it can't eliminate those excess, that excess estrogen, it gets reabsorbed back into our bloodstream, which leads to bloating, cramping, heavy periods, irritability, aka PMS symptoms. So that's like the hormone connection to it. And that's what's it's so common in our society today, these symptoms of the bloating, cramping, heavy periods, irritability, all of that, and the PMS. And a lot of it can be tied back to our gut health. So it's so important to be nourishing your gut and really learning about what actually helps it and what actually harms it, which of course we will get to today. So hang tight. Don't worry. 
So when our, our gut gets impaired when we are inflamed or when we're doing things that are inflaming it. So for example, things that cause inflammation in our gut are stress. Yes, you heard that right. It's not just food. And I'll give you an example of that in a second. But stress, medications, including the birth control pill, um, including, you know, Midol or Advil, Tylenol, antibiotics, any kind of medication, um, eating foods that you're sensitive to, which you might not know that. Um, I would definitely recommend getting a food sensitivity test if you are experiencing these symptoms and you're not really sure what you're sensitive to because there are, this is a side tangent, but we're going to go with it. There are different types of food sensitivities. So if someone's allergic to a food, they eat it and they get hives or something right away, that's called an IgA antibody. Like that's something different you'll know right away. There's something called IgG, which is a delayed food allergy, which if you have a delayed food allergy, some of those symptoms could be dark circles, allergies, rashes, headaches, fatigue, joint pain. Um, Those could be all symptoms of a food allergy. So I definitely recommend getting um, an IgG um, allergy test and just a regular one as well. So that was a side tangent. So let's go back. We're talking about things that cause inflammation in our gut. So stress, medication, eating foods you're sensitive to, um, gluten, low fiber diet, pesticides, and a high sugar diet. Of course, there are more things, but those are the most common things that are causing inflammation in our gut. So if you're like, how does stress actually affect your gut? Well, think about and the last time that you were really stressed out or when you got really nervous about something, a lot of people will feel that like drop in their stomach or that pit that like you'll feel it in your gut. And that's all caused from your emotions, from your stress. There's a nerve that connects directly from our brain to our gut. So when you are stressed out, whether you think it's affecting anything or not, it is affecting your gut. And think about that. Like, Or even when you're really excited or something, you feel it in your stomach. Butterflies you get in your stomach if you're nervous. That is because it's directly connected. So in case you were like, um, how does stress even have anything to do with your gut? There's an example of how it does. Or just like, proof that it is connected. So, all right, those things that cause inflammation that we just talked about, that could lead to something called leaky gut. So maybe you've heard of this, maybe you haven't. I'm going to explain what it is. Basically, what it means is that the cells of our intestinal lining are compromised, which means that they're like it forms little holes in our intestinal walls that food particles, toxins, microbes, undigested food, they then get go into our bloodstream because there's holes in our intestinal lining. So they're not supposed to go in our bloodstream. They're supposed to stay in the intestines and then get moved out of the body. But if your gut is really inflamed from the stress, medications, foods you're sensitive to, sugar, low fiber, pesticides, all that stuff, it can cause little holes in your intestine, which then foods, toxins, bad bacteria, all of that can go into your bloodstream. And when that happens, it sets off your immune system because your immune system is like, um, what the hell are these things? I don't recognize them as self. Like, I don't recognize what these are because they're not supposed to be in the bloodstream. So it starts defending them. And this results in an inflammatory attack by your immune system. So leaky gut could lead to more food sensitivities because your body is like, what the hell is this shit that's in my body? So if like you are eating a lot of the same foods and you have leaky gut, you actually are creating a sensitivity to these foods because your body is attacking them and it's creating an allergy to them or a sensitivity to them because it doesn't know what the hell they're doing in the bloodstream. So it's attacking them. So this leaky gut could lead to more food sensitivities, immune disorders such as autoimmune disease, because like I said, it's affecting your immune system. 
So it's wild, okay? Um, That's just what leaky gut is. And like I said, inflammation in your gut could cause leaky gut. But also, I want to talk about how that inflammation in our gut ties into PCOS, polycystic ovarian syndrome, and other hormone imbalances. But this inflammation from an imbalanced gut flora, and when I say imbalanced gut flora, what I mean is, like I said, we it's made up of bacteria. There are some good bacteria and there are some bad bacteria. We want more good bacteria than bad bacteria in our gut. So when we have an imbalanced gut flora, that means that we have more bad bacteria than good bacteria in our gut. And when that happens, that could lead to insulin receptor dysfunction, which means our cells are not sensitive to insulin. So what that means is if you become insulin resistant, then your cells are not able to absorb the sugar in your bloodstream because it's resistant. Your cells are resistant to the insulin. So it's like not opening up the doors and taking that sugar in. So instead, the sugar is floating around in your bloodstream. And this can cause higher levels of testosterone. And when you get higher levels of testosterone, that causes excess facial hair, acne. Um, It could cause also irregular periods. And the root, a lot, one main root cause of PCOS is inflammation as well as insulin resistance. So it all goes back to the gut and that's the connection with it. So I just wanted to make sure that I touched on that because I know some of you, like I do, have PCOS and it's really important to know that. So, all right, before I talk about things you could do to improve it, I just want to go back to a few things that I talked about with moving estrogen out of the body. So like I said, super common imbalances that I see in women are Um, heavy periods, heavy cramping, bloating, mood swings, headaches, all of that are symptoms of estrogen excess. And if your gut is not functioning properly, you will not be able to remove the excess estrogen from our bodies. So if you are not pooping at least once a day, minimum at least once a day, I'm going to do a whole podcast on poop, by the way, so stay, stay tuned to that. But if you're not going at least once a day, you are not you probably have excess estrogen because you're not removing the excess estrogen that your body no longer needs. So if you're constipated, you're most likely suffering from this. So I'm going to give you three things that you could add into your life to help nourish your gut, and then a few things you could remove to help um, reduce the inflammation. So first, we're going to talk about fiber, then omega-3s, and then movement. So let's start with fiber. Fiber is the number one thing that your gut loves because fiber grabs onto excess hormones, grabs onto excess toxins, and it helps move it out of the body. Fiber is only found in plant foods. So if you are not consuming enough plants in a day or in every single meal, you're going to lead, it's going to lead to gut inflammation and so many other issues because fruits and vegetables have antioxidants. It's, they're filled with nutrients. We really need a ton of fruits and vegetables. And that is across the board. I know there are so many different diets out there like keto and paleo and, um, I don't even know, a vegan, vegetarian, so many different ones. But the one common thing that everyone agrees on is you need a ton of fruits and vegetables. And a major reason is because that is where fiber is found. It is only found in plant foods. So if you're eating a ton of animal products, you need to know that there is, there isn't any fiber in animal products. Zero fiber is found in animal products. So what I recommend is at least 12 grams of fiber per meal. And 
I'm not someone who counts grams or counts calories. I don't really recommend that. I think it's way too much pressure. So an easy tip for you to know that you're getting enough fiber in your meals is you could either just start with a salad before every single meal you eat, have a salad that's large, not like a little tiny side salad, like a big bowl of salad with greens and whatever you want on it, cucumbers, uh, tomatoes, radish, carrots, whatever. Any plants are fiber, so throw it in there. You could start every meal with a salad and also make sure that fruits and, and veggies are making up and grains because, you know, that's also fiber too, um, are making up the majority of your plate. So if you are eating animal products, make sure that you have way more veggies on your plate than animal products because, like I said, animal products do not have fiber. So it's extremely difficult for our body to digest it and move it out of our body. So when you pair it with fiber, it helps it move it along. So that's a tip. Start every meal with a salad. Make sure that or and or make sure that every plate you have has more fruits and veggies on it than anything else. Um, I also think that starting your day with a plant-based meal like a smoothie with fruits, veggies, a protein powder, healthy fat is an amazing way to start your day to nourish your gut, to help stimulate um, a bowel movement. You should, by the way, you should be going to the bathroom within the first hour, max two hours of waking up. If you're not, there's some stuff going on in there. But so you could start your day with a smoothie, have a salad before every meal, and make veggies as the main part of every single meal. So that's number one, you're adding in more fiber. Number two is you're going to be adding in more omega-3s, which are healthy fats. So the standard American diet, I know there are some people here that are don't live in America, which, hey, my international listeners, so happy you're here. But anyway, um, the standard American diet is super high in omega-6s, which omega-6s are the fats that are found in, and we need some of them, by the way. We do need omega-6s, but we have a disproportionate amount. We have too much omega-6 and not enough omega-3s. So omega-6s could be found in vegetable oils like um, safflower oil, soybean oil, canola oil, and those are found in chips, um, pretty much any packaged food, pizza, things like that. So we want to have way more omega-3s than omega-6s because omega-6s, if you have too many of them, causes inflammation. And omega-3s help nourish your gut and they are anti-inflammatory. So when I say omega-3s, I mean avocados, nuts, seeds, olive oil. So make sure that you are including that in your daily meals, if not in every single meal. Um, think about how can you add more things. Throw some se- seeds on the salad that we were just talking about. Have half of an avocado with lunch. Have half an avocado with dinner. Um, have a handful of nuts. Uh, throw it on your salad or you know whatever. Or in your breakfast, you could put some chia seeds in your smoothie. Make sure that you are consuming more omega-3s than omega-6s because they are anti-inflammatory and they nourish your gut. Of course, you could supplement as well, but right now we're just talking about food-wise because it's more important than anything else. So you're adding in fiber, you're adding in more omegas, and the third one is movement. And this is also wild because research has shown, and I've read this um, in PCOS SOS, I'll link the book, I've talked about it a million times, but she talks about how when you're moving, it actually creates diversity in your gut. And diversity means, like there again, there are more beneficial good bacteria than bad bacteria. And we want variety in our gut because we want to be able to fight off whatever viruses or bacteria that we come in contact with. So the more diverse our gut is, the healthier we are. And movement actually increases the diversity of your gut, which is so wild. And if you are someone that does have PCOS, we have a more... um, 
compromised gut microbiome than people who do not have PCOS. So movement for you is even more crucial. Does this mean to do CrossFit seven days a week for an hour straight? Of course not. Any type of movement, walking, bike riding, dancing, paddle boarding, swimming, like literally anything, just moving your body as much as you can. If you are someone who, I was going to say works in an office, but like that doesn't even exist anymore in COVID times, but just working at a desk a lot, make sure you're getting up frequently, which drinking a ton of water is really helpful for bloating and constipation also. So, and the more you do that, it makes you get up and go to the bathroom more, which makes you move more. So find ways to not only like do 30 minutes of movement every day, but to, to increase movement throughout your whole day. Park your car further away in a parking spot when you're going to a store so you have to walk further. Take the stairs. Get up every hour. Set an alarm on your phone if you need to. Like Remind yourself to move. Just do things that increase your movement because that's going to help your gut, which is so cool and so crazy. All right, so those are three things to add in. Fiber, omegas, and movement. And then as far as taking things out... Sugar is number one because sugar feeds the bad bacteria in our gut. So like I said, we have good bacteria and bad bacteria, and the bad bacteria feed on sugar. So if we're constantly eating sugar, you're just increasing the amount of bad bacteria because you're keeping them alive because that's what they eat. So removing sugar and an easy way to do... and. Okay, let me say this quick. What I mean when I say sugar is added sugar, such as cane sugar, even organic cane sugar, coconut sugar, um, honey, maple syrup, um, f- a high fructose corn syrup, agave, all of those. Yes, honey and maple syrup are way better forms of sugar for sure, but they still are sugar, so it's not something that I would be having every single day. Um, so just that's what I mean. I don't mean fruit when I say sugar because fruit in sugar is totally different. It's packed with antioxidants and n- nutrients, and it also comes in a package with fiber, so it slows down the absorption of the sugar, and it's totally different. So when I say sugar, I mean added sugar. And a great way to avoid that is to eliminate as much as possible processed foods because anything that's processed, anything that's packaged, most likely has sugar in it. So the next time you're going to eat something that is in a package, look at the back of the label and see what are the ingredients in it. And make sure you look at the bottom too where it says other ingredients. If the first couple ingredients are sugar, that means that's the majority of what's in it because they put first on the label whatever has the, whatever is the food product, whatever you're eating, is the is made up of the most is what they put first. So if cane sugar is the first ingredient, that means that the majority of what you're eating is cane sugar. And just a side note on, I'm giving you like 10 tangents, but whatever, hope you're following along. Um, four grams of sugar equals one teaspoon because they put it in grams and a lot of us don't even know what that means measurement wise. So when you see something that is like, oh, 16 grams of sugar, you know that that means four teaspoons of sugar because one, uh, four grams of sugar equals one teaspoon. So you're eliminating sugar as much as possible, eliminating processed foods, um, and dairy. So dairy is so inflammatory to our system. Not only does it inflame our gut, but it also has hormones in it that are like called xenoestrogens. They mimic our own hormone production, and it messes up our production of hormones because they go onto our cell receptors instead of our own hormones going onto our cell receptors. So it messes up the production of it. And it's just extremely inflammatory to our gut. It is not meant for human consumption. Um, I, I don't even know how it started that we started eating so much dairy, but dairy is a huge one. And it's also um, one of the number one allergies that people have is to dairy. So, and like we talked about earlier, food sensitivities lead to leaky gut and dairy is one of them. 
So let me give you some tips about removing this because obviously you're not going to remove all of these things at once. So for removing sugar, take a look at what you eat in a daily basis. Like write it all down. What are you eating every single day? When you figure that out, take one thing, whether it's a food or a drink, and remove it for a full week. Just one thing for a full week. If at the end of that week you're like, okay, I'm good. I'm not reaching for it anymore. Remove something else from that list and do the same thing for a full week. But if at the end of that first week you're still like, oh my God, I need it. I'm I'm still reaching for it. Still stick with just that one thing for another week or until you're not reaching for it anymore, until it's a habit of you not eating it, and then add something else, okay? And then as far as dairy, there are so many alternatives now. It is so much easier than it used to be to not have dairy. There's amazing, I'll put in the show notes my favorite brands, like Good Planet has amazing cheeses, so does Miyoko's, Kite Hill, those are some of my favorite for cheeses. There's non-dairy ice cream, which obviously I don't recommend having ice cream all the time because there is sugar in it, but of course we're humans, we're going to have it sometimes, so I definitely recommend a coconut ice cream based off uh, uh, instead of dairy ice cream, which it tastes the same, it's delicious, and it's way better for you. So there are so many alternatives now. Again, look at your diet, see where you have what you're eating the most of dairy-wise. Like, is it cheese? Is it milk? Is it a creamer in your um, in your coffee? Look at where you're having it a lot and then start there and start looking for alternatives for that. And it's one thing at a time. You're not going to do this all at once because if you do, it's not going to be sustainable. So the point of this is to make it sustainable. And this also doesn't mean that you're never going to have sugar or dairy or processed foods again because that's not realistic. What it means is you're being more conscious about what you're eating and removing the stuff that you really don't need to have on a daily basis and make it more of an indulgence instead of a daily staple. Okay? So... That's it for today. Um, we, I'll, I'll go back, actually. Let me go over it again. The things that you're adding in are fiber, omega, such as avocados, nuts, seeds, olive oil, and movement. And the things you're removing are sugar, processed foods, and dairy. Or not removing, uh, um, I should say reducing, okay? You're reducing those sugar, processed foods, and dairy. And that is because our gut is so important. It, ho- it houses 60 to 70%, 70% of our immunity. It makes serotonin, which affects our moods. We are more bacteria than cells in our body, and it influences our weight, our inflammation levels, our overall health. It is needed. We need to be able to absorb nutrients so we can produce certain hormones that you could, and then so we are able to break down and eliminate the excess hormones we don't need out of our body so we can avoid symptoms of excess estrogen, such as cramping, headaches, heavy periods, mood swings, um, breast tenderness, that too. Okay, so that's it for today. I hope you enjoyed our episode. If this resonated with you in any way, please share it with someone. Gut health is so important and it's really the answer to so many issues that everything starts in the gut and it's so true. So I hope you enjoy this episode. Come find me on Instagram at Angelica. Share this, tag me or DM me so you can let me know how you liked it. I want to create stuff that you want to hear and that's hitting home with you. So please let me know. Thank you for everyone who has shared it and who continues to listen. I really appreciate it and I hope you have an amazing day. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much for being here. If you loved this episode and learned something valuable, please share it with a friend who you think would also love it or post it on social media and tag me so I could personally say thank you for helping me spread this important message. I am beyond grateful to be here with you. So until next time, stay intentional, stay consistent, and always mind your hormones.